We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul with my co-host, my partner in crime tonight, Tommy Avance. We are here to look at all things Los Angeles Rams, plus a little bit more. First things first, Tommy, how you doing, man? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't Won't you be my neighbor? (laughs) (laughs) It is a happy Wednesday for us. It's midweek. We're so much close to the next big one, Rams and Bucks, this weekend. First things first, though, Tommy, you and I were texting back and forth during the game. Want to get your thoughts. You had a couple of really interesting insights about the Browns defense, particularly want to ask you about. And then also, we sat down with Garrett Sissy from the Lightning Round in his views on Fred Rogan's announcement, his reporting this week on the Chargers and Stan Kroenke and Dean Spanos. And uh, it's a little interesting. We're going to get your thoughts. You are the local connoisseur of all things Rams, Chargers, L.A. stuff. First things first, Tommy, how's the week been? Starting off busy, busy, busy with work and stuff, but had an early day today, so here we are. Let's get to it. Well, that's simple enough. Before we get to it, though, we do want to ask you to head over to Apple iTunes, Apple Music. Leave us a five-star review. You can also find our podcast in multiple outlets. I actually did the counting today because for it's weird podcasts, once you put them in a couple different places, they spread like a tree, like a virus. We're in over like 25, 30 different podcast outlets now. That includes Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud. Check it out. If you are one of those places like Stitcher, you can leave a review. You can leave a stitch. You can especially leave that review at Apple Music. We are on the quest for 200 five star reviews and 
man, I think it's a running joke now. Nobody's leaving any reviews at all. So we'll see. Winner gets a $75 gift to, to NFLSaw.com. And this is how you enter. You go to Rams1945, send us an email there with your screenshot, screenshot of your entry, your review, and let us know who you are. And then we'll read your feedback on the air. Finally, this podcast is sponsored by Jim Hawkins, Book Hollow's team. So thank you, Jim. Thanks for everything you do. Today's going to be a little bit different of a show. It was a bit of a rush episode. The reason why is our buddy Justin, who normally does the breakdown podcast, had some technical problems. We had to step up. You know, we got to be the team players here, provide a show. So it's going to be a little bit loosey-goosey. We're going to be a little bit less structured, make him break it out. Those of you who know me a little bit, I'm normally very tight, shipped, tight, not, not, not tight-lipped, but how do you say it, Tommy? How, how would you describe me in terms of uh, running the ship around here? You're a tightly wound dude, man. <laughs> you hold it down, bro. You are the anchor. The anchor. Okay, well, today we're going we're gonna to let that anchor go. We're heading out to see how to do some neighbor talk there. Let the anchor go. And we're going to talk a little bit about everything. First things first, dude, I was there at the Browns game. I've made a, I've made a big deal on the last show about the experience of being there for a football game, national TV. It felt like a playoff game. What were you experiencing being at home in L.A. watching the game? It was cool, man. That whole atmosphere, and I wanted to be there so bad. It was one of the the road games i really wanted to go to this year i'm glad you got to make it it was everything i thought it was going to be i know you know the browns have drafted well for a handful of years now and brought in some free agents and made a lot of moves over the last couple of years to be a competitive franchise which i think is cool because they're one of the old school franchises with the old school fan bases in a blue collar town and they've been bad for so long. I mean, it's time to turn it around. And I just, I think it's great to see all the fans out there just supporting their team and, and pushing forward. And I thought the game was going to mm, have a little bit more points, but I wasn't surprised that it didn't because, as you know, I'm a defensive guy and both of those defenses played really well. We want to, you know, when you see a game like that, People always want to pick on the offense. Oh, the offense was out of sync, and the offense was... What about giving both defenses a little credit? Don't you think that's kind of a slap in the face? I think it is, especially if you don't really notice, especially the defense the the Browns are running. The defense gave them problems. And and the Browns did a great job, in my view, of just picking apart the Rams' weaknesses right now, the things that they haven't quite gelled at, and going right at it. That was what I noticed, even from far away. You had a couple really specific points you made to me when we were texting back and forth during the game, especially about Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I mean, Steve played to his team's strengths. They lost their whole secondary, you know, before the game. They announced, hey, none of them are going to start. And we were, and I think Ram fans were licking their chops. And what I don't think any of us realized is they have some depth, right? They got some pretty good depth out there. That's important in a game where people get hurt every single week. You know, they just, they held it down, man. They they were where they needed to be when they needed to be there. It was impressive. Well, you mentioned something more specific. The 15 seconds, Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Can you explain what you saw in oh, terms of that? Yeah, thanks for reminding me because I have a terrible memory. My nickname is 10 Second Tom, <laughs> so I appreciate that. All right. And it's not, <laughs> never mind. I'm moving on. So, what they were talking about on the broadcast is that, and we've known this for a while now. Sean McVay says that you know he's in the headset as long as he can be when they break huddle. What is it? The 15 seconds they cut it off. Yep. All right. So, what Coach Wilkes did is he didn't call the play until that 15 seconds was up. So everybody's communication was off. So when they broke the huddle, the the Browns defense broke their huddle too and played the Rams game. All right. Oh, you want to be slick and talk to your quarterback and tell him what looks we have pre-snap. We're just not going to give you a look. Then we're going to give you a look right out of the huddle and you're going to have to call an audible on your own. Jared Goff, and what did you think about how Jared Goff responded to that? 
I think he there's some growing pains. I talked about this in the off season. There's two things that our team needs to get to the next level, which is to grab that trophy. We got there. We just didn't get it. But to get that trophy, I said in the offseason, we need to do two things. Sean McVay needs to learn how to adjust on the fly. Okay? Get out of his head, relax, and just adjust. Jared Goff needs to learn how to challenge his coach and not just be a sheep. You're the quarterback of the team. You're the big baller with the big paycheck. You need to be more like Peyton Manning and bark at your coach a little bit, like Tom Brady, bark at your coach a little bit. They're not afraid to bark, right? And he did that this game. He yelled at Sean McVay for calling a timeout when he threw a strike to Josh Reynolds. Play was no good because Sean McVay's running up and down the sideline, calling a timeout, wasting it again. That's what he does. He wastes timeouts all the time. If he doesn't see exactly what he's looking for, he won't let it ride. If he would have let it ride, we would have had a first down. And then on fourth and one, he kicked a field goal on the other side of the field, and Jared Goff was really upset about that, and he went over and told him. So I saw a lot of encouraging things out of our quarterback this weekend, and I'm really happy about it because that's all I was looking for, a little bit of pushback, and I got it. I have some reservations about Jared Goff in terms of some of the complaints I think out there are justified. I think that he often does panic in the pocket. I think he often does quickly leave off just with that first read, but he's developing that. But in the same token, he'll go the next play, and he'll take a hit and get a strike on and out. And it's interesting to me that I didn't mention it too much in the last show, but on the way home, my buddy got hungry because he's weird and got hungry at 2 o'clock in the morning when just trying to get home. Made a stop, and we're at Steak and Shake. I mean, of all places, Steak and Shake. There's three ninety nine burgers there. Right? Steak and Shake. Yes, I love yeah. Steak and Shake. <laughs> and a bunch of Browns fans were there hanging out as well. I'm the only Rams fan rolling in there, by the way. Okay, and they. By the way, these guys were awful. I mean, I'm not awful. Awesome, not awful. Awesome in terms of just sitting there talking with me, wanting to talk about football. And the one thing they just kept marveling about was Jared Goff's out patterns, his passes, going on how accurate he was. And it, most Rams fans are just, well, what? what? We're, they're so busy hammering the guy. They're not seeing the growth. What do I mean by growth? More and more, we're seeing him make decisions to get out of the way, move, and get away from pressure. And I'll still go back. I mentioned this last show. That showed a ginormous set of balls to take that hit he took, that late hit, and then get up in the very next play and run again and get a first yeah. down. I mean, that is... Growth in your quarterback. You mentioned him talking to McVay. Tommy, all we ever want to see out of young players is growth, right? Yes. And he gets better every year. He's doing things. And listen, it's week four. It's literally preseason week four because they didn't play at all. Okay? So they're taking the first four games to get right. And we're 3-0. and And you're going to complain about that? Really? Give me a break. Well, it, I think it depends a lot on how you're getting that 3 no, which is strange because three, four years ago, we're like, they're 3 no. Are you serious? <laughs> what? what? The three, you can't know. It's, wake me up. I've been sleeping too long. Wake me up. Now they're 3 no, and they're not looking as good as they did last year, and you're like, something's wrong with them. They're frauds. Well, how about this? Teams are, it's the chess game, right? The teams are adjusting, and they have to adjust back. And there's been numerous articles out there showing how Sean McVay has been adjusting to the Fangio defense at six one six two, but just because you're adjusting doesn't mean you have it all figured out yet. It takes time. It's not overnight. It does. He's ran some plays this season that nobody saw yet, like that Robert Woods run, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's throwing stuff in there that nobody's seen, and I'm telling you right now, he probably has this Rolodex all off season of plays that he's not even going to break out till later. You know what I mean? Like he's so upset with himself for losing the Super Bowl, he's just in there scheming, 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 and he's not going to break it all out because it's only week 3, week 4, dude, calm down. This is a marathon, not a sprint and we're undefeated. Are we winning games by 30 points? No, but who cares? Like we're winning. There's nothing more exciting for me as a fan than to see the game go down to the wire and we win on an interception in the end zone to close it out. That's the kind of football I like to watch. When the Rams were the greatest show on turf and they were beating the Bengals 55-10, to 10, dude, it was great. Don't get me wrong. But it got old. 
you're, by second quarter, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the grocery store now because we got this in the bag. It's not fun for me to watch, dude. Just not. It's, Some people like Easy Street. I, I don't. I prefer a balance, quite frankly. I like to have a nice, easy 55 nothing victory, 55-10 game. And then, I, you know, you don't want to get too chill. You want to have things to write about and talk about after the game besides the fact that it was a blowout. So, yeah, you want the excitement, too. What I want overall is I just want an excellent football team. I want a team that continues to get better and better and better. And I think all this focus on the Rams' offense is detracting from what's become a freaking great defense. That defense Our this defense year is, is good. is much, much better than last year. And it's through the additions of Clay Matthews, guys like him, Eric Weddle, and Taylor Rapp. Those three guys alone are out there making a difference compared to what we were seeing last year. And it's a big deal because how many times that we wonder, can we even get to the Super Bowl with this defense? Is it even possible considering the gaps in the defense? Now, this defense still has weaknesses. It blew my mind when Cleveland, on their only touchdown drive, really attacked that middle of the field, and then they went, they went away from it. Why would you do that? We all know where the Rams, if there's one win to the Rams defense, it's the middle of the field. They went away from it, and they didn't do anything the rest of the game. Blows my mind. But if you only have one place to attack, then, well, you're in trouble if you're an offense. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I, I don't know what to say other than that. I think focusing the chill a little bit, uh, and it doesn't, I don't think it really helps matters, by the way. People were hardcore on Jamil Demby, as if Demby was supposed to come in and be an all pro right away. How many first-team reps has he had with this unit? Now, I know how you feel about him, but you got to give him a chance to develop. It's not going to do you any good to keep beating the guy up at this point. You need him to man up and develop. You need him to become that guy if Blythe is out much longer, which doesn't appear he will be, but what if he is? Yeah. Or if he's needed later? You, you want to mess with this guy psyching now by all, being all over him all the time? Yeah, if we're winning games by seven points because we have a – average to below average right guard and anyone who's at linebacker starting next to Corey and anyone who's lined up at defensive tackle you know we had a few losses last year as far as players are concerned but do we really have that many holes on defense I mean give me a break dude like we don't you just have that center and when you have like you said the middle of the field okay so let's say we're in a big nickel right so, how is Corey Littleton, Taylor Rapp, Eric Weddle, and JJ a weakness? I'd like to see someone argue that. I don't see it. Overall, it's not. When I talk about middle of the field, I'm talking about when attacking the dead center of that defensive line. If Aaron Donald's occupied, do I really trust Sebastian Joseph Day, for example, to go in there and make all the plays and then stop anybody from getting to that center gap? I don't know. I don't, actually. We saw them in, in the Cleveland game. That was really the only place the Browns were effective. That in a couple yeah, you know, hours, you, you know what I'm not seeing enough of yet, but we will soon enough, of Greg Gaines on the field. I'd like to see him get out there. And I'm wondering about that, honestly. What's going no, on just, that we haven't he, seen him more? Is it just getting more used to defense? Are they still finding things for him? A couple of the guys. Okoronk, well, we haven't seen him active yet. What's going on with him? He's been there for a while. Just put just put Greg out there in the middle at nose when you think it's going to be a rundown and see what he can do. You know what I mean? One play isn't going to hurt nobody. I, I'm sure he could stop the run better than Sebastian Joseph Day. Maybe. Maybe. We'd cut. like to find out, wouldn't we? These big country boys on defensive line, they love to tackle people. And they are mean. Sooner the better, honestly. I want to see these guys in there getting some action. And more importantly, I think it's in terms of depth, being ready to step in right away in case there is an injury, knock on wood, like to see these guys out there. I'm just saying. No, I don't, I don't want to see him come out because there's an injury. I want him to get reps when there's no injuries. You well, know? Yeah. yeah. By the way, speaking of guys leaving the team, Dakota Allen goes to the Raiders, claimed on the practice squad, and the Rams filled that void with, do you know who they filled it with? Did you catch yeah, I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> I just thought okay. that was funny that the guy everyone wanted to draft in the second round is now on our practice squad because he's a dummy. <laughs> Third team this season. Third team this season. Very curious as to whether or not the Rams can salvage this guy. Very curious. These kids, 
these kids are so dumb, man. They don't even realize what is at stake. And when they're 40, when they're our age, they're going to be beating themselves up, dude. Every morning they wake up broke and no nothing, no pot to piss in. They're going to look back and they're just going to live with regret the rest of their lives, dude. That most people never even got an opportunity to be special. And you just piss all over it. It's unreal. What really blows my mind is this this guy, Polite, just, dude, he's upgrading his opportunities. going from the Jets to the Seahawks, a very good team, to now the NFC champions. Yeah. Like you're getting more upgraded. You keep upgrading opportunities, and the odds of him blowing that opportunity at this point are pretty high. Like how do you how do you even do this? How do you, man? Some people, you know what you know what doesn't their, happen enough is someone doesn't sit down with these guys and, and and give them a real talk. You know what I mean? Like like kind of what I just did. Someone needs to sit down with them and tell tell them what time it is, dude. People want to beat around the bush all the time with these kids. He needs some tough love. He needs a real conversation from a real man. You know, to tell him, listen, bro, when you're working at McDonald's when you're 38 years old. You, you know, or Walmart, bro, greeter. Come on, man. That's in your future. You keep this up. There needs but, to be some sort of fear, you know, put in these kids, man. And working at Walmart should be enough to throw them into a tizzy and get to practice on time. Give me a break, man. But really, wouldn't they at this point have had enough people telling them, you got you got to figure this out. You got to make things happen. I mean, seriously, wouldn't you at this point have had that? No, I'm sure there is, but are they saying the right things to trigger him into turning it around? Every every conversation you have with people in life, there's always when you could have ten people giving you advice, and that one person just unlocks it for you. Maybe he has. Maybe the conversation he's having with people, it's the wrong people telling him they're not getting through to him because they're not saying the right thing. That's possible. Right. I have to believe, because he mentioned before how the Rams were, you know, his favorite interview in the whole process. And, you know, I've got to believe that the Rams know the guy has physical talent. Can they get the veterans around them, Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers and Tlaib and all these guys to present to him the real opportunity he has? And maybe it's those guys who can make the impact on him to get him to become. This could be... no, you hit it right on the head. I'm sorry. I agree with you 100%. Those are the guys who need to get in his get in his ear, you know, and sit down with them. And they will. Trust me, they will because they know what it's like to grow up in, in the neighborhoods and, and deal with all the crap and, and pull yourself out. Those are the guys who are going to do their best to help him. And if it doesn't work, then he's, then he's done. If your peers that grew up like you and can relate to you can't get through to you, then you're done, dude. So let's cross our fingers and hope they can they can get that taken care of. I mean, it's, the athletic talent is undeniably there. He's a second-round pick, dude. Like, he, he's talent. Well, he's he was a third, pick. but he, people wanted to but take he, him a second. Yeah, he's a second-round. He was a second-round talent, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but he's a knucklehead, so here we are. So let's see if we can... Help him turn his life around. Obviously, you know, there's... I mean, look at how many times Josh Gordon has been suspended, and yet here he is because he has some people around him that are, you know, trying to... If they're, you know, some, some people need to be watched while they sleep. That's you know? the scariest part about it. Dude, like, the, you could see, like, the... You know, that show Ballers with the Rock. It gives you a lot of, like, inside perspective on how these guys are when they're not on TV, when they're not on the field, man. They're up to no good, bro. Throwing all these huge parties. It's chaos constantly. And they have babysitters, dude. Like, people that are hired by teams to go keep an eye on them, make sure they don't get arrested. So, that takes me something. And I'm going to vent here. But before the vent, we're about to have an epic de-vent here, okay? Because I something's been bothering me now for a few days. Before we do, though, we do want to... Give a shout out over to my bookie. Check them out. Check out our, our promo code with them. And hey, uh, maybe if you if you like to do a little bit of that betting, they can uh, they can hook you up. Check it out. 
Looking for your next great hire? CareerBuilder is the fastest growing job site in the U.S. with over 140 million candidate profiles and growing. Plus, candidates on CareerBuilder have skills for the most in-demand occupations. Let us help you rebuild and rehire a strong, more diverse workforce fast. CareerBuilder, we're building for you. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. Tommy, I mean, I want to vent a little bit. We're talking about polite. We're talking about some of these guys who were, to me, in my view, taking the opportunity of a lifetime for granted. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna pinpoint this. I know this is not we're not gonna be in the Rams now for a moment, guys. I mean, hopefully you can just appreciate a good old fashioned football rant. And I know, Tom, you're gonna feel me on this because you were there. I mean, you were you played a game. You went further than in the sport than I ever did. I've only coached it. I've only been around it. You've been in there in the in the trenches. The opportunity to be in the NFL to earn your spot in a roster is such a rare thing. And you have a guy like oh geez, mm, Antonio Brown. Who, who just went off his rocker this year, causes problems last year for the Steelers, gets himself traded to the Raiders. They give him a bunch of guaranteed money. He forces his way out of Oakland, goes to the Patriots. He's gone in a couple weeks, and in the process of finding out that all these bad things he's been doing in the background the entire time, at least allegedly, and it's looking more and more like he did it, by the way, but allegedly for the time being. And that stuff ticks me off, man. It ticks me off. Tommy, I bust my butt. I've been doing, I've been, I've been writing this company now, been writing this site for seven years. We've adapted more from writing to podcasting. We have been doing everything we can to make an imprint on the industry as best we can to find our own place to get credentialed. We've been really trying to be not as, not a blog not a fan blog, but actual journalists who happen to cover the team they like. Journalists, though. Commentary journalism. And on the flip side of it, when I'm not doing this, I'm teaching school. I'm getting all the qualifications done. I'm getting these kids ready for state testing. I'm getting them ready for their life. And then I got two daughters at home. My day is packed every single day. And the income that goes with it is it is just what it is. I'm never going to be rich. At least the way I am now, the way things are now. I'm, I'm never going to be rich. I'm rich with family, though. I'm rich with the people in my life. But knowing I'm never going to be the guy who earns $15 million a year. Well, never is a wrong word. You never know things can happen. Maybe that's something that can happen. But the odds aren't good that I'll be a $15 million a year guy ever in my life. And you see these guys have every opportunity to fulfill some wonderful dreams and make a life for themselves. And they throw it away over dumb stuff, ridiculous stuff, inhuman stuff in some cases. The stuff Antonio Brown's been accused of is just stuff that you as a man should never do, period. No, just, he's a piece of trash. If, if For that stuff that he did, and I told you some of it that I heard on Inside the NFL, he's garbage as a human being. He was raised by wolves, and his parents should be ashamed of him, period. I would be if he was my son. But, you know, that's the thing is, you... How many different prospects do we have on the show this spring that either got drafted late or didn't make it at all? And these guys were willing to work, man. They were willing to bust their highs to make magic happen. And they just did not have the same gifts that some of these first-rounder prospects, second-round prospects had. Some weren't in the league now. Some didn't make teams. Yeah, and the... With all these players coming out of college every year, scouting, GMs, whatever, it's all opinion-based. I mean, some people have more expertise than others, but, dude, you're (laughs) drafting and picking up players off the street is a crapshoot. You can do all the homework you want, and you really don't know what you're going to get until you get it. But there are certain, certain circumstances where you can see a guy like this and go, does he really deserve the opportunity? He doesn't want it. He's not interested in it, so why should we give it to him? When there's a 1,000 guys right now that would have taken that practice squad spot and made the most of it, they're pissed. They're seeing this because they're all, all these kids are on social media. They see it. They're like, and they're, pro- they're probably sitting at the house seeing the, the announcement like, are you kidding me? 
this piece of trash is getting another opportunity and I can't even get one. Like, that's got to eat these guys alive, you know? And, and he's just wasting it, man. I hope that he can turn it around, but it all starts from when you're a kid. These kids weren't raised right. They're animals as far as, like, being taught the direction you're supposed to go in to be a successful human being emotionally and financially. They obviously have lacked that because their behavior speaks volumes. It's that simple. I mean, is it, what is the real problem in terms of young men in our country right now? Is that what it is? Just fathers? Yeah. It, not, it's, there's no fathers, man. We're, we're a dying breed, bro. We are. You need male role models in your life to set you straight. You do. Well, there's yeah, a you job. Do. Especially when you especially when you're being looked to to be the geez, be the lead of the next generation. To be the guy who starts a family somewhere else and, and builds a future for our country, for your for your cities, for your states, for their families. You do need to have people, and I know we'll get some messages. You know, you guys are being misogynist. Well, no, I mean, of course you need. That's ridiculous. But someone's going to say that you guys are being misogynist. You only focus on men. Well, we're talking about a sport that men play, which is a you know that's what we're getting at. What we're getting at is in our country, in our world, right? We need to have some sort of stability in our homes and and, in the things we do in our schools, and that becomes from from stable women, stable men. Leaders in both genders, leaders in everything they do, and so it's when it comes up to athletes, especially athletes are more likely if they're young men to look up to who, who they look up to, who they gravitate towards. Celebrities, <laughs> they want to be cool. Who should they be gravitating? Let me just try. Who, who should they be gravitating towards for leadership? For examples. People in their lives that are leading those examples, that are living those examples. And most of those people are going to be mom and dad. So mm-hmm. male, female. Mm-hmm. They're going to, and they're going to lead you according to the right thing to do. And there's, you know, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be male, female, whatever the case may be. You need, you need one person yeah. to do the dirty work. Like my son and, and, and me are going to have that relationship. We're going to have multiple facets of our relationship as he grows. But I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm not going to make my wife do that. She's going to do her job and I'm going to do mine. You know, I grew up and you could say, you know, if people want to say we're being misogynist, listen, I grew up in a house full of women. I have four sisters lived with mom, grandma, and great grandma. I was the first great grandchild in my family. I was a spoiled brat when I was little because I was with all women and I was the golden child and I got my way 24 seven, bro. I could talk my way out of any punishment within 20 minutes. I've never even been grounded because there was no one there to hold the line. Mom and grandma and great grandma. Oh honey, it's okay. All the time, just spoon feeding me whatever I wanted. Then my uncles got involved when I was about 11 and said, enough. And they beat it out of me, emotionally and physically. Took me in the yard, put the boxing gloves on, taught me how to be a man, right? Taught me how to balance a checkbook, taught me how to work on a car, taught me how to work, do plumbing, all kinds of different things that I wasn't getting at home because I didn't have that, right? So I'm living proof that it could have went either way if I didn't get what I got when I got it. You need to have that influence in your life. You need to have someone to show you the ropes. You need to have someone to show you the love. The nurturing is one way. The the physical toughness is another way. And you need to get somewhere, period. You need to have leadership. And if if you're not going to be able to provide that lead for somebody, then, you know, someone's going to get hurt for it. Some of these guys, like Antonio Brown, I wonder, you know, what the heck happened to you, man? Seriously. And I'm just going nobody's back to ever, sport now. Nobody's ever told him no in his life, and now everyone's telling him no, and he's losing it, you know? It, it's amazing to me. It's The whole thing's amazing to me, that you, people are just going to throw these opportunities away. It just... Yeah. And by the way, we're not, I'm no psychologist. You know, I'm, I could be wrong about several things, but I can tell you this. If we simplify it all, all out somewhere... You're throwing away opportunities. 
that other people won't have. And that's a shame. It's a crying shame. It is. All right. So, folks, we do want to, again, remind you that we are sponsored by Jim Hawk. This book was great. The Hollywood Greek Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It is the story of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. You can read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy Kreisig's Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter, all in the story spent the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Folks, you can find this book online at hollywoodsteam.com or on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. You can also find this in hardback, electronic form, and soon to be, if not already, paperback at Barnes & Noble. Amazon, all these wonderful outlets. Folks, I can tell you this. It's a great book. I really mean that. I'm not just trying to hawk it out there. Hey, go buy this book because there's no real money to be made. All the proceeds are going to Homeboy Industries. Jim's just a good guy who wrote a great book about his dad, the team he played for, the stars around him, and it's worth your time to go out there and read it. If you enjoy Rams history, check it out. It's Hollywood's Team Great Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. So getting down to business here in tonight's edition, we saw Fred Rogan's report on, yes, that's right, the Chargers, Stan Kroenke, Inglewood, and all that's going on, and wanting a reaction from the Chargers, from a guy who covers the Chargers anyways, Garrett Sisti, he's been on our show numerous times, we reached out to him, we sat down, here's what he gave us, check it out, Garrett Sisti with the Lightning Round Podcast. All right, folks, I'm with Garrett Sisti from the Lightning Round Podcast. Garrett, how you doing, man? Good, man, good. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we bring you on today to, to cover the Fred Rogan story from Monday night, or actually Monday afternoon, talking about the Chargers and Kroenke, the whole relationship there. Can you give us your perspective on what on earth Rogan was talking about from that Chargers side? Yeah, of course. So, you know, ultimately what it comes down to is Kroenke isn't very happy with the Chargers under Dean Spanos. Uh, so that's kind of the bottom line. But, you know, the deal was initially, and just to recap the whole thing uh, quickly, the deal was the Chargers seat licensing money would go to Kroenke to help pay for the stadium. Now, the stadium, as a lot of you know, is kind of starting to uh, rack up some uh, extra money for Kroenke. It's uh, close to $5 billion now. And the Chargers were supposed to bring in, or at least projected, and kind of had a uh, a kind of a handshake deal that they would bring in around four hundred million dollars in seat licensing, and uh, that four hundred million would go towards the five billion for Kroenke to build the stadium. And uh, you know, ultimately, the Chargers aren't obligated to bring in any sum of money. You know, they don't have anything in writing saying they had to bring in that four hundred million. But uh, it seems like you know. Uh, the Chargers are selling less tickets to the Rams are, and they're selling them at a, a reduction of the price the Rams are. So, uh, you know, obviously L.A. hasn't been as receptive to the Chargers as the Rams. So, you know, it's kind of like they're not really pulling their weight at this point. And, you know, that, that kind of $400 million that they were thinking the Chargers would pull in is, and there's no confirmation on this, but the rumor is it's closer to $150 million. So, uh, basically, not only are the Chargers going way below what they promised with this $400 million, uh, it's going to be closer to $150 million. The Chargers are still going to get all their game day revenue. So, it's really become a real bum deal for Kroenke, and uh, he's not happy about it. And who can really blame him? It seems, at least to me, that the story itself put a lot of this blame on the NFL. Overall, how do you view... Who's to blame for what here? Or is it everybody's to blame and the fans lose? What's, from your perspective, both as, well, first, let me space it out. First, as a person who covers the Chargers, you follow them every day, you report, mm-hmm. everything goes on, you understand how they go, how they work, in and out. And then also, you were a San Diego guy in terms yep. of supporting the team as well. So you have, Still I mean, yeah, you are. Yeah, so you're going to have mm-hmm. two perspectives: one as a professional there, and one as the fan. Can you give us both perspectives you have in this situation? Sure. Uh, just from a Chargers perspective, they didn't do anything wrong here, and you know the idea that it's the league's fault. It, you know, it kind of is. Uh, when they were going through the whole meetings back when they were talking about relocation, the idea was that St. Louis wasn't bringing in the money that they had hoped, and that. They needed somebody with deep pockets to go to L.A., and Stan Kroenke was that guy. He had the land and he had the money. 
the idea was to bring on a second team, and something interesting that Rogan reported today was that the second team was supposed to be an expansion team. They originally wanted to put in a brand new team in L.A. to share that stadium with the Rams. Uh, the league said, hey, listen, Dean, we will uh, help facilitate a stadium in San Diego. Um, you could have this L.A. thing if you want, but just hold off. We've got San Diego ready, and then you know uh, we'll help get you a stadium there. And then Raiders, if you guys want it in L.A., but we've also got this Vegas thing. And then all of a sudden, Dean jumped on it, uh, unbeknownst to anybody else. And the NFL kind of went, well, wait, we weren't really thinking you would do it we thought you'd stick with san diego so it kind of the the nfl offered it dean was in within his rights to do it uh most of us believed he should have at least given san diego a fair shot and the reports that they've uh, done vote after vote is a farce uh for anybody outside of san diego they basically put uh a uh the stadium bill on a vote that would never pass uh they put it in a part of town that nobody agreed uh would work and so it was kind of a half-assed uh, proposal to begin with and knew it wouldn't work so dean said hey look it didn't work and then that's when he got his uh, back door to la so you know ultimately for the chargers this is a thing that dean spanos has done um you know he's not he's not poor by any means he's an owner of an nfl franchise and now in the second largest market in america so He's not poor, but in terms of NFL owners and compared to Kroenke, he is. I mean, he's having to borrow the $650 million for the relocation fee, which is legal and fair, but you know, he's not a guy that can shell out that kind of cash. So this is something you could have seen coming if you knew uh, Dean's uh, former dealings and uh, his business proposition. So you could have seen that he kind of would do the bare minimum like he is now, but you know, ultimately Kroenke's now stuck with it, and there's nothing – in in that contract or otherwise it says that he's that he can kick the chargers out or the chargers can go back to san diego or they can bring another team in they're stuck together for a long time the chargers and the rams are now you mentioned there are no real ramifications no pun intended rams fans for (laughs) the future in terms of other than they're stuck together okay Mm -hmm. is are there any thoughts that you've seen talked about as to what the chargers can or will do if things don't work out there because quite frankly they're not they're not working out they're not getting entrenched in los angeles and i don't mean that any offense i don't mean any offense to any of your listeners who happen to tune in to check this site out um uh-huh. i just see it as it's not happening it's just not it doesn't help of course a team went out last year had a great year and is already struggled without the gate so what's next yeah, you know, the uh, Rogan had mentioned it, you know, that uh, the Chargers can't move back to San Diego because they don't have a stadium there in San Diego. If something happened and there was some uh, big business developer with deep pockets that decided to put a stadium in San Diego, it makes it a little bit different. But uh, there's nothing that's going to happen. I mean, the Chargers have talked about being in Los Angeles for a very long time. This is going to be a slow burn. They're going to want to build up fans slowly but surely, and it's going to be a process. And they're willing to fight out that th- that slow years out the gate and hope to garner fans as the winning seasons happen. Now, a lot of us, uh, I don't know if it, I don't think anybody thinks that's a smart idea. Everybody thinks that's a fool's errand. Um, you know, they can barely fill the soccer stadium as it is. And I and I don't think Charger fans get offended. I mean, they might get a little annoyed because it keeps coming up, but it's just a state of fact. I mean, when you look just on the telecast or attend a game, there is a good majority of the opposing fans in the stadium. So, so your idea that, you know, that, uh, that they're not getting a lot of fans, it's, it's true, but the chargers are willing to deal, dig their heels in and just wait it out and hope that 20, 40, 50 years from now, there'll be a household name in Los Angeles. Okay. And I don't mean, this is kind of a, a tough question to ask because I really do not mean to offend anybody on your side by asking this question, but I don't given the Rams history in Los Angeles, which is much longer than the one year the Chargers originally spent there, <laughs> given the fact that LA fans were used to cheering against the Chargers for so many years, uh, given that your your current owner, Spanos, does not have the financial resources to pour into the L.A. region like Kroenke does. And now given the fact that it appears that Kroenke's ticked. And any time I can tell you that we've seen Kroenke tick, this never worked out for the other side. Mm-hmm. Following Kroenke's career 
everywhere he's been, and it never, never works out for his opponent. How is it possible that the Chargers can do what they're hoping they can do? I mean, that's the question. It seems like the only people that believe that it'll work in L.A. are the people in the front office in the Chargers building. Nobody. I mean, none of the owners believe it. Um, you hear a lot about you know how this has been an embarrassment, how this should have never happened. Um, owners have been very vocal about it during the vote and otherwise. And uh, fans are very vocal about it. And uh, it's a hard time to be a Chargers fan because there's a lot of strife between the San Diego fans who are still sticking with it and the LA fans who don't even really want the Chargers. It's it it's tough. The the only real solution is for Dean Spanos to sell the team. I mean, not that he's going to do that, but in order to get a clean slate, uh, you know, try something new and get somebody in there that's got some financial clout in you know with deep pockets. Obviously, Dean isn't poor, but like I mentioned, but you know, somebody with deeper pockets, somebody on Cronky's level that can invest in the LA market and kind of maybe not rebrand the team but give it more life. That might be the kind of jumpstart that t- that franchise would need to win in L.A., but they they don't seem like they're going to sell the team. They've been vocal about keeping the team, and they've talked about how they're just going to stick it out and and hope that win over their fans in L.A. I just don't know how that's going to happen, but they're sure going to try. The thing is, is, I don't really see, even if you sell out, you mean sell to a, a, a guy with some big wit, big big pockets, a big money guy. Mm-hmm. I don't see how the Chargers can still compete in a stadium that's pretty much shaped like the Rams logo for crying out loud. Everybody yeah. knows who actually built that building. Given the fact is that the Rams basically the way they they're building themselves out there right now, given that the Chargers already were hamstrung coming in being a year behind, I'm not even sure that a guy with big pockets could do that unless he went off somewhere else in the LA area and built his own stadium, which Quite frankly, I'm not sure you'd want to do that unless you had a lot of money. You want to go ahead and go head yeah. on with Cronky. So, is there even? Uh, let me say it this way: Is there hope for the Chargers in, in Los Angeles right now? From your view, I mean, it's anything's possible, right? But ultimately, it seems like the best case scenario is they become the Clippers of the NFL. The Lakers will always own that arena. But, you know, from time to time, the Clippers are pretty good, and uh, they are able to fill up that building. You know, they're, they're second fiddle in L.A. Uh, the Chargers are always going to be second banana. They're always going to be tenants. They're going to be roommates and never the owner of that building. And everybody, like you mentioned, everybody knows it. So, you know, best case, they become a team that gets exciting when they're really good. And um, But, you know, ultimately, are they ever going to be the – is it ever going to be the Chargers town? I, I just don't see how that's possible. Um, you know, from the beginning, it's all we, it always should have been the Raiders and Rams sharing that building. But Dean, for, uh, you know, reasons unspeakable to anybody really, other than Dean and the Spanos family, they jumped on the building. I mean, it, it's a wise business decision because they're moving to LA, but it's, it's not like their business is growing as much. And it's not like they're gaining the popularity they could have been in a single market by themselves with their own stadium. Not just in San Diego, but elsewhere. You know, if they were the team to go to Vegas, or there was talks about moving a team to San Antonio at one point. You know, um, it just it's it all stinks. Uh, but uh, the Chargers are are just kind of stuck trying to still win fans over, and it'll be a long, long process. You know, it's interesting you talk about the Raiders being down here. That's another reason why I really suspect the Chargers aren't going to be able to make it in LA, and that's because the Chargers are moving to Las Vegas. That's like the Raiders. Le- sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. The Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apologies. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are moving down to Las Vegas. Less than an hour flight from Los Angeles, and there's already a large Los Angeles fan base that still supports the Raiders. You're basically in a lot of in a lot of ways, the Rams and Raiders are kind of forming a vice around the Chargers in that market right now. And if I'm the NFL, I'm thinking, you know, we have to they gotta figure something out here. Something has to work, something has to fly because this is not going to work long term. That's just how I'm seeing it, and I'm not even saying as a random. I'm saying as an NFL guy, I'm not seeing that working out. I yeah, just, and that's why it's the that's why ultimately it is the NFL's fault. They should have never given Dean the option to go to LA. They, it just shouldn't have happened. 
They should have given Mark Davis the keys and said, okay, well, we'll, we'll help you fund a stadium in, in uh, San Diego or San Antonio, for that matter, or wherever, Las Vegas. But, you know, the, the Chargers were never going to win L.A. It was always a Raiders and Rams town. And the fact that they gave Dean the option to do that uh, was a major, major faux pas. And, uh, you know, it, it's not like – it's not like everybody in the NFL doesn't see how bad the Chargers are doing with their fans in that stadium, with the ticket sales, with the PSLs, and now the fact that Kroenke is upset about it. Somebody's going to have to do something soon, and it's got to be – Goodell's just going to have to at some point come in and say, enough is enough, we got to get you out of here. I don't see how they would do that. I think Goodell is pretty stuck on letting the Chargers kind of grind this thing out and see if they can eventually win fans over, but – it's bad for the product. It's bad for Chargers fans. It's bad for the NFL. It, it should have never happened from the beginning. All right. Garrett, thanks so much for taking time to visit with us today. Can you let people know where they can find you, your podcast, and everything that you do? Yeah, I'm at Garrett Sisti on Twitter. I host the Lightning Round podcast, which is the Chargers podcast. I also host another podcast called Score More, where I uh, preview the opponent from the upcoming week for the Chargers. So, uh, when the Chargers play the Rams in the Super Bowl, you can listen to that podcast. Cool, cool. Well, <laughs> well hopefully, you know that'll be that would be fun. Yeah, um, one side is more likely to be than the other. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, watching the Chargers the first three weeks, I'm wondering what's going on with them. There's too much talent for them yeah. to start like they are, but that's mm-hmm. a different story for a different podcast. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well, I guess we'll see you in the midseason roundtable pod then. Yes, I will be there. Thank you so much. All right, well, take care. All right. See you. Thank you. All right. So, Tommy, you you have been following all of this. And, I mean, you already heard some of my opinions in, in the interview with Garrett. You've talked to me about this numerous times. We've, over the years now, the last couple of years that we got to know each other, have really been knee-deep in these subjects. What is the real skinny with the Chargers and Rams in L.A. at this point, to you, in your view? Well, I want to touch on a few things that, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about. Full disclosure, I probably said it before, I'm 41 years old. I've never lived anywhere but Los Angeles, ever. This has been my home. It probably will be forever. Who knows? At least for now. So I grew up here my whole life. Um, this, and this happens all over the country, but... The black, I mean, we won't die too much into it. The blackout rule killed fandom in Southern California. Okay. It created, and, and then the Rams and Raiders leaving made it even worse because people that don't buy an NFL Sunday ticket are force fed games on the two local networks that have deals with the NFL CBS, Fox, NBC for Sunday Night Football. So you get force fed growing up the John Elways and and uh, Joe Montana's and Dan Marino's and so on and so forth, Jim Kelly's and Buffalo. So you have all these Southern California people that grew up getting their sports a certain way, okay? And because of that, they just gravitated to what they saw on TV. The Chargers weren't being broadcasted on TV here in San Diego, um, and neither were the Rams and the Raiders because the stadiums weren't sold out, so the NFL would punish the people that couldn't afford to go to the games by the blackout rule. Well, now that's gone. And in Los Angeles since 2016, you get to watch the Rams and the Chargers, whether you like it or not. And that's the way it always should have been, and we wouldn't be in the position that we are in now. Having said that, I've gone to San Diego Charger games a lot over my lifetime. I went to more Charger games. I went to a bunch of Charger games before I ever went to a Ram game because the Rams were in St. Louis by the time I was old enough to work and and have a job and buy my own tickets, okay? So I would go to Charger games in the late 90s, early 2000s, all the way up until the last one I went to, 2014, when the Rams came from St. Louis and we took the stadium over. Um, It's been happening for decades that the Chargers in San Diego – the fans were not coming the way they should be. And one reason is because Dean Spanos and Alex and everybody never made San Diego feel like we're here forever. It's it's like they were, you know, Wilson from Home Improvement always looking over the fence at, at Tim Allen, you know. Hey, always looking over the fence for something better. 
And it never made the city of San Diego and the fans feel comfortable enough to go all in and to and they didn't do a good enough job of making that community feel like they were a part of it holistically forever on a permanent basis. And slowly but surely the, you know, thirty to forty thousand fans that would show up started to dwindle down to, you know, twenty five and so on and so forth. And then they moved to Los Angeles where Los Angeles, you either have diehard L.A. geographical sports fans like myself, who was raised to only root for teams that are in my city. So Lakers, Rams, Dodgers, Kings. That was it. I was raised a geographical sports fan. I was not allowed to just pick my teams. And to be honest with you, that's the way I think it should be. A lot of people disagree with me. It is what it is. But the Chargers... The Chargers could never even make it in San Diego. What makes you think you're going to make it in L.A.? People will buy what they want to buy. There is not a commercial or somebody at a kiosk in a stupid mall standing in the middle. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. It's going to get your attention. There's nothing they can say to make any solid, strong human being turn around and change their mind. If I don't want a back rope right now. I'm not going to get one. If I don't want to buy that shirt that's on sale, I'm not going to buy it. And there's nothing you can say to change my mind. So what makes the NFL and the Chargers think that they can do that, that they can force feed you a product and say, someone will buy it. Are you sure about that? You know, they did. They did their homework and L.A. told them, "Uh, uh-uh, and they did it anyway. Terrible businessman. Terrible. He shouldn't even own an NFL team. I just look at it this way. I don't really blame San Diego overall, the fans-wise. You have to have an owner who's going to put time into you, who are going to invest in you. I agree. Just, you know, you have to show that time and time again. And how many times has the Spanos family overall slapped their fans in the face, either with the product, with, with player signings, or letting players go, coaching mm-hmm. decisions, and just when they're, they look like they might be that Super Bowl contender, they just screw it all up. I don't blame Chargers fans overall. And they played in this stadium that began that really became 20 years ago outdated, and they didn't do much with that either. So I don't blame the fans in San Diego. I blame Spanos. And anybody here who's saying, in my view, there's this is where Garrett and I are going to disagree a little bit, he's saying this is not really... This is more of the NFL's fault. Okay, fine. You can put the you can put the blame on the NFL. We're not having this conversation if, if the Spanos family were good business people and had done no. the right thing to begin with. It Absolutely. all begins with them. Yeah, I agree. He's a terrible businessman. And there's a handful of teams, actually I think there's only two now, the Raiders and the Chargers, that the owners they they don't have a lot of cash capital. They have a lot of liquid, right? Mm-hmm. They're rich on paper. But they're not really rich. That's why Khalil Mack is in Chicago, because the owner of the Raiders couldn't write a $40 million signing bonus check. It's that simple. It's literally exactly why that happened. And that's exactly what happens to Chargers players like Melvin Gordon. Now, the Chargers, can they have a leg to stand on in this situation because he is injury prone. But if he wasn't injury prone, he still wouldn't be have a deal right now. He still wouldn't because they just can't afford it. They can't afford the cash up front to do those types of deals. They never have been able to. You know, when you pay Phillip Rivers and, like, the average NFL team can have five to seven guys on big contracts under the salary cap currently, and you'll be fine. The Chargers usually average about three. So that'll tell you everything you need to know. What else really comes to mind with this whole situation for you? I mean, in my opinion... The NFL needs to do what's right and put them back so the city of San Diego is back in the rotation as far as the NFL is concerned and the Super Bowls because it's one of the most beautiful cities in this country and in the world and it has the best weather on this planet by far on an annual basis. Best average temperature, best average humidity temperature. It's perfect weather for being outdoors and being at events to give that up is stupidity in my opinion and to have people that are this rich let that go the nfl has enough money they all could have kicked in and just built an nfl owned stadium in san diego give me a break 
like, oh, we can't afford it. Yes, you can. You just don't want to. There's a difference. You'd rather consolidate, you know, and they and the NFL, they want they they didn't want the Chargers to move up here. They did it without immediate permission. They got permission a year before that at a podium. But a good businessman would have went to his 31 business partners and asked for permission again. Okay? And you know what they would have told him? Nope. Sit tight. We got a plan in place. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're looking to do to help you out. And just just relax. We're going to we're going to hook this up. He never had that conversation because he didn't give them the opportunity to. And that's his fault. And he's going to pay for it. And at some point, he'll be out of the NFL. Yes, I mean, you're talking about the team going back to San Diego. You have to sell a team because there's no way that will ever support Espanos again. No, 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 no. They'll go back on with a different owner. I mean, look, owners are getting kicked out of the league left and right, dude. All these old guard owners. See ya. See ya. See ya. And just, look at the Panthers owner just got booted last year. I mean, just you know, <laughs> these days just go check a Twitter feed. <laughs> They'll find something on somebody. But I mean, it's, it's inevitable to me that I mean, just, the numbers don't lie, man. That team is not going to make it there. It's not. It's, and by the way, it's not an easy road for the Rams to win their place there. The Rams are a very good football team, and they ha- they lost a generation of fans by leaving. It's going to take time to earn that back too. It's not. This is not a giveaway Rams town. You still get no. a lot of transient fans coming into games, and it's not because. Let's it, not talk about the transient fans because that that we all know that people come in to see the team and people have moved here from other parts of the country where they grew up and brought their team's fandom with them. Those people don't count. I don't care about that. I care about the generations, not just without football in L.A., but the generations of fans in Southern California that were allowed to pick their own teams, whether it be their favorite color or just a team that was on TV that was winning. And we have 60, 70 years of people that grew up here that think it's okay just to root for the Steelers and when they've never even been to Pittsburgh. Those are the fans we need to turn. And the only way we're going to do it is to get them to admit what they did was wrong and root for their hometown. You've never lived anywhere but L.A., but you're going to root for the Steelers. It's I just don't agree with that. It's ridiculous, and that's all you see here. You see generations of it dude it's annoying my own brother and mom are 49er fans because the rams stunk and were never on tv in anaheim and we got stuck watching stupid joe montana and steve young all the time on channel 11 that's exactly why they're bandwagon my own mom and brother are bandwagon wow you call them the family out man but straight up i mean i when i'm talking about transient fans i'm talking about the guys who are taking spots at your home games away to come cheer for their team. What really should be happening is the Rams fans should be squeezing these guys all up. They can't make it. I remember the Eagles game from a couple of years ago. I mean, that should never be happening. But that, to me, is a result of several different factors, including the fact that the Rams have not yet fully made the imprint there to win the fans back that you're talking about. No, and that that's what's time. talking about the fans. Yeah, it takes time, man. I went to a Vikings game in Minnesota with my wife in 2017, and it was probably 96% uh, Vikings to four, you know, to four percent Rams fans. It was there was not a ton of us there, right? But we showed up and we support our team. So you're never going to com- completely keep everyone out because I like to travel and visit places, right? In Los Angeles, everyone wants to come here. You grew up in Iowa. You're not going to want to come to a game in L.A.? Give me a break, dude. You're not going to want to go to Disneyland and Universal and go to the beach and go to Venice. This is a destination, and it will always be that way. It will. You know what I mean? Nobody's well, flying Nobody's flying to Jacksonville to go see the, uh, the Rams play the, the Jaguars. I'm not. So, um, thanks, well, no thanks. I mean, what are you talking about? You're talking about liking the travel. We like the travel everywhere except for Pittsburgh, apparently. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> it's a bad time to travel. Going to give you a little hard time. I can't help but take a shot there. You miss 100% of the shots you don't make, you know. Just saying. Take a shot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. It's time for us to go. If you would like to sponsor us, if you like what we do, send us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. Leave your information. We'll get back to you. We do have a media kit ready to get out to you. Also, don't forget we are part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network, a bunch of podcasts everywhere across the network that talk about Everything ranging from the Rams to Major League Baseball to anger management. Weird stuff. But it's there. Okay. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. And that's right, Tommy Avance at Ram Tommy in LA. Don't forget us on Apple Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. We'll be back tomorrow night. We'll be sitting down with Trevor Sigma from the Pewter Report, talking a little bit of Buccaneers football. We'll finish the mailbag. Sorry we didn't get to it today, but good long podcast for you to take up your midweek. It's hump day here. Have a great one. We're out of here. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.